Point start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and it is Ash Wednesday as we're recording this, and Father Dickinson is a little bit busy today, uh, not surprisingly, and we mentioned that last week. So uh, I have, once again, and I think I've used the term illustrious every time, my illustrious guest co-host, Renee Leach. Hi, Renee. Hi, everybody. Um, No, you can say hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. (laughs) I'm greeting your listeners. Yes. So they're your listeners He's, too today. Yes. So uh, and and, and uh, it's 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 just the two of us. You think you can put up with it's me? It's a little scary oh, for me. Yeah, you'll be a little fine. scary for me. So we um, again knew <laughs> we knew when Ash Wednesday would be. So Father, I, uh, I I knew that Father wouldn't be here. So you and I, Renee, talked last week about topics, and we Lent obviously beginning today and. And talk a little bit about that. Um, Father and I talked about last week, but we thought we could talk about it some more. Thought we could maybe talk about confession. All fine and great topics. And then um, Monday, the Catholic world got turned upside down and we came up with a new A new topic. Actually, it was maybe a little divine intervention for me because I really didn't want to talk about confession. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should throw out the new topic and stick with the old then. No, No, I'm much happier with the new topic. topic. We'll do that another time then, Renee. It's, it's good because Catholics aren't always comfortable. Many Catholics aren't comfortable with confession. So it's good to have, you know, a fellow uncomfortable Catholic confessor yeah, talk but, about it. Yeah, but when it's just you and I, I feel like I'm confessing and oh, and, well, and you well, can't absolve I, me I, from I anything. I can't absolve you. No, <laughs> that's true. So, no, obviously we're, we're talking about the resignation, uh, well... The abd the annun- the announcement of the coming abdication of the Petrine ministry by Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Pe- uh, and in, in, and yes. in English, so in English, uh, Benedict resigning his papacy. Um, at Monday morning, uh, Rome time, early morning uh, here in the United States, Pope Benedict um, announced formally that he is going to be resigning as Pope. Uh, come at the end of end of the month, February twenty eighth, will be his the, his last day as the Bishop of Rome. Therefore, as Pope, as Universal Shepherd of the Catholic Church. So, what Renee and I decided we would do is, is talk a little bit about that. And she and I both talked to some people to get some questions that people have about the resignation and what comes next. It wasn't that long ago, um, almost eight years ago, right. that. Uh, Pope John Paul II passed away, and then we we went through this a little bit differently. Obviously, he died; he didn't resign, and there was the whole election from which uh, Pope Benedict was elected. Prior to that, though, it had been 1978. So I think you know, well, not, I think for for Catholics, it's been this is this is only the second conclave in over. Help me with my math here. I don't ask over me 30 to do years. Math, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, it, it's not like we were, we're used to doing this. Um, so yeah, so people have a lot of questions. So what are the sorts of things that, I know you've been talking to people, um, what are some of the questions that you've got, or any questions that you have to get us started? Um, I don't have anything, I was in a state of shock. It came, this announcement, um, I think for everybody was like, when you heard it on the radio and you heard it on the news, your your jaw just dropped. I didn't I didn't even realize that it was possible that a pope could resign. 
resign or just, just and it's not that he doesn't want to do the job anymore, but it, but it's just like, I didn't even know that was feasible. So yeah, actually, and that might be a good way to start is by talking about our, our respective, uh, how we found out and initial responses. And I'll go first. So you have time to remember yours because you're older than me. Got to get that, you know, got to get the standard <laughs> age joke in there. You know, I'm going to have to find something to ding I, you I, about. You it's are, coming. Probably... It's coming. So I, uh, I was actually <laughs> off, um, out of the office Monday, a, a day off on Monday. Yeah, how did you find out, Chris? <laughs> I, uh, I, I I slept in a little bit late, and I looked at my cell phone and saw that a, a friend and, and a co- another co-worker here at the diocese had called, um, but I didn't listen to his voicemail. And then I was on the internet and saw that somebody in a, in a social network had shared a prayer from 2005, uh, uh, a novena prayer for conclave. I'm like, uh-oh. So the conclave is is the term for the the gathering of cardinals to elect a new pope, and I see this. I'm like, oh, did pope Benedict die? So I go to a news website, um, which I won't name because a friend is like, "You went there to find." A- <laughs> well, it was this, this website has covers the big worldwide news, so I went there and um, found, to my even greater surprise, that Pope Benedict hadn't died; he was resigning his office. And so I, I was dumbfounded. I was shocked and, and dumbfounded and flabbergasted. And that lasted for literally, I'd say, probably an hour or two. But the next emotion that I had, so then, while I'm shocked and, and dumbfounded and flabbergasted, I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. And not just sorry, but honestly disappointed in him. How could you do this? Mm-hmm. It was kind of my initial reaction because I... It, I, I, I grew up with John Paul II as Pope, um, but, uh, and, and uh, I certainly have great esteem for him, but Benedict, uh, as a theologian, um, myself, uh, certainly not to his stature, but, but I, I had always been a, a quote-unquote a fan of, of Joseph Ratzinger and his work. And so I was really excited when he was elected Pope, and I've, I've loved what he's done as Pope, the emphasis on Jesus Christ and relationship with him, um, and, and how uh, it's not about the nose, you can't do this, you can't do that. It's about our yes to Christ from which everything else flows. Right. Uh, so much of that, I, I love the, the new evangelization emphasis of his yep. pontificate, uh, this year of faith that we're in, going back to Vatican II, the catechism. Uh, he was working on an encyclical on faith. He already wrote one on, on love and on hope. He was coming out with one at Easter on faith, and he's quitting. I know. That's uh, my my reaction was he gave up. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I well, yeah. So we're in the middle of the, he's not going to finish the year of faith. This encyclical probably isn't going to come out, and it's not going to come out at least as an encyclical. Um, there's there was a meeting in Rome of bishops about last fall or called by him to talk about the new evangelization. And there's always a, a, a document written after that by the Pope summarizing and giving his take on the topic. So there, it'd be a, a post-synodal apostolic exhortation on the new evangelization. I was really looking forward to that. He's not going to write that. So I was, I was disappointed in him, to be honest. What were you going to say? Well, I would say, are you sure that it's not going to be written? It, it will be written, but not by him. It won't come out from him. And in the encyclical, uh, so this was mon- uh, on, on, I think, Tuesday, the papal spokesman said that the encyclical might be published, but not, not as an encyclical. It, he, you know, he might, Joseph Ratzinger might come out with it, but it won't be um, uh, an official, it won't be a document from the Pope. 
It'll be a private document from him. So okay, here's so here this leads into other questions. Well, hold on, I'm not done. Okay, yes, you are. All right, I guess I'm done telling my story. (laughs) Okay, all right. Pause. Maybe I'll come back to that. Well, it just brings up questions about, and I'm sorry I interrupted, but no, you're not. No, I'm not. (laughs) I want to get to my questions here. Yes, I know. People want to (laughs) know if does. Him resigning his position mean that he will no longer be providing any guidance to the church? No, he'll have nothing to say about what's going on? We don't know. Um, It's highly unlikely that he will... Okay, first of all, whatever guidance, whatever he would say after February 28th would be as... The former pope. The former pope. <laughs> the retired, basically, the retired bishop of Rome. But does that make him any less? He, so he won't have the. He will not be the bishop of Rome, and therefore, he won't. The, the formality, of, of of and the the authoritative nature, of what he says now, will not will not be there in, what, three weeks. Okay, but my question comes, and I'm just going to, and sorry, folks, this is Renee wanting to know the answers to these questions. <laughs> Does he, I mean, this is this is unprecedented. I mean. Not literally, but yes, it's been 1415 since the Pope resigned. Like 600 years, <laughs> yeah. So my question is, you know, he was, he was voted in by the conclave to be our Holy Father. Yep. We have never had anybody resign that that anybody is aware of. Since 1415, right. So while the office will no longer be his, yep. to me there's there's more there's more to his position or his his being voted in because I think the Holy Spirit had something to do with that. Right. I can't. I agree. With that. I have a hard time thinking that God is going to take that grace away from him because he's resigning. Does that make him any less holy? Any less? It doesn't. Okay. So, in so far as he is holy, <laughs> he won't become less holy. Um, so his personal sanctity remains. He had it before. I'm pretty sure it grew while he was in office, um, and and it will remain afterwards. But the specific gifts that are given to the Bishop of Rome are for the Bishop of Rome. He will, in two and a half weeks, not be the Bishop of Rome. So, so, so those gifts are going to be taken away? The, the specific gifts that come with the position of being the Bishop of Rome, yes, because he will no longer be the Bishop of Rome. The gifts given to him by man or the gifts given to him by the Holy Spirit? By the Holy Spirit. Wow. Now, not, that doesn't mean that... No, that no, no. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with no, that. Well, <laughs> Renee warned me she might say that Sorry. on occasion. Um, <clears throat> it doesn't matter if you agree. <laughs> that's the way it is. No, so so Where Joseph Ratzinger, the man, Cardinal Ratzinger, Pope Benedict XVI, but as before his election as Pope, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger was gifted by God with an amazing intellect, with 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 um, a, d- a deep prayer life, and so so he has gifts that he's received 
through his baptism, his confirmation, his uh, numerous communi- uh, receptions of Holy Communion, so all, uh, his ordination, all the gifts that he's received prior to his election as Pope, he still has those gifts. But his election as Pope, he received, for instance, the cares, the possibility of teaching infallibility. He will no longer have infallibly. He will no longer have the charism of infallibility. He will no longer have the ability to teach infallibly after February 28th, because that is something, a gift, a specific gift that belongs, um, when we're talking about an individual, only to the Bishop of Rome. And he will not be the Bishop of Rome. He will be the retired Bishop of Rome, but the retired Bishop of Rome does not have that charism in particular. Interesting. So again, he still has gifts of God, gifts from the Holy Spirit, because of all the other sacraments he's received, because of his own prayer, his own desire for relationship with Christ, his own growth in holiness, then those will remain. But there are certain gifts that he had because he was Pope, and those he will no longer have. Because it's not about him. It's a, the, 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 one of the titles for the Pope is the Servant of the Servants of God. The Bishop of Rome is, is, a, is a ministry of service to the universal church. And he will no longer need those particular gifts after his abdication, to use the technical term. Okay. Term. All right? Okay. So do you have other questions you want to pose at this point, or am I continuing <laughs> with my wonderful narrative? Do you want me to pose another? I've sure, got go a ahead. ton of yeah, questions. you've got a ton of questions. Let's go, go to some more questions. Okay. Well, um, actually, let me just say, okay. I did come to some peace. And frankly, I do think that this is a, a, a good thing that he's doing. But the reasons why I might come out and answer some of the questions. And, and I think that's that's probably a good, um, that that is a good lead-in because one of the questions of my teenage daughter was, why is he retiring? What purpose, you know, why why is this happening? Yeah, so especially, let, let, let's look at the end of John Paul II's papacy. John Paul II suffered from Parkinson's for a number of years leading up or prior to his death. And, and we saw very clearly in the final months and even years of his papacy the, 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 that his body was breaking down. Yep. And, and therefore the, the great physical suffering, which caused anguish because this was a man who was, yeah, relatively speaking, athletic, you know, fit um, throughout his adult life. And for him to, for his body to be failing him was, it bugged him basically. Um, so, so, the, so that emotional suffering flowing from his physical suffering, um, and, and 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 we saw that, and, and he gave witness to the dignity of old age, and to the ability to endure suffering, which which we don't ask for, that comes to us, um, and and so obviously he, like every one of his predecessors, going back to fourteen fifteen, um, died in office. So, with that witness, why is Benedict? Um, abdicating? Why is he, quote-unquote, resigning? Um, I, I think it was important that John Paul II gave the witness that he did. However, it's certainly possible, obviously, for popes to resign. In fact, in 2010, um, Pope Benedict, as pope, gave a, a, a lengthy series, series of interviews to German journalists, and they were published in a book called Light of the World. And in that book, in, in the in those in that interview, um, the, the journalist asked him about resignation, and uh, the Holy Father Pope Benedict said very clearly that a pope should never resign to escape 
because, because the job's too tough. That's not, in his opinion, grounds for resignation. Uh, he, he talked about, he, shortly after his election in 2005, he, he spoke about his response as it was becoming clear in the last conclave that he was going to be elected. And he begged God, don't do this to me. And he, he spoke very honestly about this. And yet he, he recognized, and, 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 and a brother cardinal reminded of something he had said about John Paul II's own endurance and carrying the cross of the Sea of Peter. A lot of people think that being Pope is great because they got all the power. No, it's, no I think uh, it's a burden. It is a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and he gave, gave great testimony to John Paul II's carrying of that cross. And in the conclave, a brother cardinal wrote him a note, Benedict, a note, and said, remember what you said about John Paul II and about how he always said yes to Christ, yes to the Father. And so if, if it falls to you, basically practice what you preach, but more, much more eloquently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so he did. He, he didn't want, he, three times he tried to re- resign from the position he had uh, in, in the Vatican under John Paul II. And three times he said, John Paul II told him no. Um, and, and then he was appointed by his brother cardinals, or elected. <laughs> he was about to be elected pope, and 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 once again he he accepted God's will. So it's not that he's quitting because uh, I just don't want to do this anymore. He, his opinion is that that's not grounds for resignation. Uh, but he did say, if in this in this interview in 2010, that if if a man who is pope feels comes to the determination. Um, through you know, introspection and prayer, that he no longer has the physical um, capacity, the stamina for the job, then not only might he, you know, it's possible for him to resign, but first perhaps he has the obligation to resign. And I, so being Pope is, is not just a figurehead position. It has real responsibility. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, and, and because of that, it requires a certain, not just mental strength, and emotional and spiritual strength, but also physical mm-hmm. capability. And Pope Benedict is 86 years old. No pope, the only pope in the last 150 years or more um, who was older than him at their death was Leo XIII, who was 93 when he died. Every other pope, going back to the 1830s, was uh, was younger than 86 when they died in office. So he's 86 years old and trying to, yes, it's not just him, but trying to be the instrument by which God guides the church. Right. And that requires just that requires a, a certain physical stamina, which he has come to the conclusion that he no longer has. And for that reason, he is abdicating. He's renouncing his 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 ministry as the Bishop of Rome, as Pope. One of the things that brought me peace with this, um, because like you, I was I wrestled with it for a little bit at first. The, just the disappointment um, was the realization that that he's a good and holy man, and he's very prayerful. And um, I'm certain that he had many long conversations with his father yep. about whether this was the right thing to do or not. And yep. I think he. Um, I'd, I've come to the point where I admire him because I think he's doing what he feels it is in the best interest of his family. Exactly. Absolutely. I, As the I head of his family, he's doing what he thinks is, is the best, best yep. for, for us. Yep. And you have to, you have to admire that. I, not an easy decision. Yep. 
So I, that, I, that, that's why he's doing it, because it requires a certain physical stamina that he no longer has. What else have you heard from people? Um, uh, another question is that um, we hear that they want to have the new pope installed um, before Easter by Easter. Why so quick? Well, for, okay. Um, okay, under current church law, which I think will have to be tweaked, and, and maybe we'll have time to get to this, but currently the, the church law that governs the election of a new pope is that 15 to 20 days after the, the office is empty, after the seat of the Bishop of Rome is empty, uh, in the sense that there's n- the last pope died, or in this case resigns, yeah. 15 to 20 days later, the conclave begins. The conclave, when all those, those cardinals under 80 years old come together and, and they start the election process. So Pope Benedict is, is uh, stepping down on, on, on the 8 p.m. Rome time, February 28th. So under current law, 15 days later at least, so March 15th, is when the conclave would begin. Most conclaves, frankly, it's, it's been, you have to go back, I think, over uh, uh, centuries, well, at least over, over 100 years, certainly, before you, you get to a conclave where it lasts more than a few days. Most of the conclaves, over, at least over the last century, have been over within a week, I think. Um, so it's likely that once the conclave starts, we'll, we'll know who the Pope is within a week. The, the recent tradition has been that the Sunday after his election, is the inaugural mass. So the Pope's pontificate begins, a Pope's pontificate begins as soon as they accept the election. So the day of their election is when their pontificate begins. Mm-hmm. But there's an, an inaugural mass to sort of more formally, you know, recognize the beginning of the papacy, which has already begun. Um, if you look at March and how Easter falls this year, Easter falls on Sunday, March 31st. Palm Sunday, therefore, is Sunday, March 24th. Ideally, y- y- you wouldn't... <laughs> it'd just be <laughs> tough to have a new pope elected. It's it, it, not going to happen during Holy Week. Right. It, it would be... That's a good point. ...shocking if the cardinals, you know, put off the decision or whatever. And they, they, they have to start the conclave, and they're not going to put it off until... And really, what would be what would be best would be for the inaugural mass to be the Sunday before Palm Sunday, which goes back to March 17th. The problem is, under current law, it has to start on March 15th. So they'd ha- that's why I think, I think Benedict, in my opinion, is going to have to change law to allow the conclave to start sooner than 15 days after the seat is empty. Why don't they wait until after Easter instead of trying to push it closer? Be- why don't they because wait until after? Under, because under current law... It has to start 15 to, t- the conclave has to begin 15 to 20 days. Oh, so it's, it's that. It's within long. that time period. Okay. It's not, has to begin at least 15. It is at least 15, but no more than 20. So the only way for them to delay it with them, for them to be sit, to sit around in conclave and decide, and I don't think they can decide not, I think they have to hold, <laughs> so for them to deliberately not to come to some decisive conclusion. But even then, Yeah. They don't really have a choice under current law. Okay. So I, I so that kind of tells me though that the date that that Pope Benedict picked to resign 
wasn't pre-planned or wasn't well, I think he, pre-calculated uh, if they're having, if was they're a, scrambling? Well, I, I, that's, why, can, that's why I think he'll change. I think sometime before the 28th, there'll be an announcement allowing the conclave to begin prior to 15 days after. Because he's a thoughtful man, and I don't think he'd... Well, it's not like they have to have a mourning period. Exactly. They don't Exactly. They don't need to have a mourning. That's why it's 15 days, because there's a traditional nine days of mourning after the death of the Pope. Right. That doesn't, there's not, that's not going to happen this time. So I think it could begin sooner, but he has to change current law for that to happen. Okay. And I, and I don't think he'd throw a new guy into, into things, you know, right, right, you know, Hey, I'm Pope, and tomorrow's Easter. I, I don't. I don't. That's, <laughs> I don't think Pope Benedict is going to do that. That would be baptism by. Oh my gosh! Yeah. By chaos. I mean, you know, it's exceedingly likely that. Um, okay, it's. It will be a cardinal. It doesn't have to be a cardinal, but the, the new Pope will be a current cardinal. Therefore, he's a bishop. Therefore, he is a priest. Therefore, he, knows. he has celebrated Holy Week masses before, but not as Pope. Yeah, and so it'd be it. Ideally, he'd have he'd have a, a, at least a few days to get so over the, the shock yeah, of, being of being pope. Pope. Yeah. What else? Oh, I had a lot of questions here. Um, questions here. For those that are, um, you've answered that one. Sorry. the The next set of questions is having to do with who the next pope will be. Um, first of all, will Pope Benedict have any influence no. on choosing the next? No. So Pope Benedict on February 28th is going to leave the Vatican and go to the papal summer residence, Castel Gandolfo, um, which is south of Rome, about 20 miles. And he'll be there. Basically, he's, the, he, he's going to temporarily temporarily retire there, there while a convent in Vatican City is being renovated. And that, that, that convent will be his, basically, retirement home. Okay. So once that convent, that renovation is complete, he'll move back from Castel Gandolfo into Vatican City, into this convent, where he will probably, at least initially, at least initially, if not for the rest of his life, stay out of the public eye. Uh, just the, the, that his personality, the kind of man he is, out of deference for whoever successor the new one is, is, he's he, he you know, m- maybe we'll see him, but I, I'd be shocked. If we hear him speak again, you think he'll again. do more writing, or probably not till we won't see it till after his death. Probably. Uh, that, that's a, there's been speculation about that. Will he, uh, uh, he's going to spend the rest of his life in prayer and reflection? I would imagine that he. Or I think certainly it's possible he will do some reading and perhaps writing. Will those writings be published prior to his death? They could be. I'd, I'd be a little bit surprised if they, they were. were. Just because the the questions you were asking at the beginning, like, does any of the gifts, the graces he's got, do they sort of stick to him for a little while? People will be confused. Like, because any writings that he does after, again, after February 20th, is just his as own. As Joseph. Yep, as, yeah, as Joseph writes. Okay. When they elect, so let's just talk about the next, the next pope. Right. Are there certain qualifications that 
they're looking for? Do you have to speak so many languages? Right. Do you have to have a, a certain maturity? Are they are they looking for somebody of a certain age? Are they? I mean, what? What is taken into consideration to be nominated for? The, the bare minimum is you have to be a Catholic single man. So Catholic, and by that's being, a pretty wide it is. net. So by being Catholic, <laughs> being baptized, yep. you have to be a baptized Catholic single man. Now, so theoretically, for instance, any one of our priests, Bishop, my son Carl, last night, uh, Carl said he thinks that the, that Bishop Swain should be the next pope. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Bishop Swain would agree with that. But theoretically, Bishop Swain or any of the priests of our diocese, our pastors, any priest could be. Any single man, Catholic man could be. But as I said earlier, it will most likely be a cardinal and not just any cardinal. So, so what are the qualifications? Um, I think certainly some familiarity with languages, particularly Italian. Again, the Pope is the Bishop of Rome, so he has to know some Italian to to <laughs> simply be the Bishop of Rome. Um, but other languages, so today in our day and age, the Bishop of Rome is is a public figure in a way that he has never been before, yeah. um, because of news, you know, the ability to trans, you know, see things live as they happen around the world. So some facility with a few languages. Uh, you know the, the major languages. I, I think will will be there. A certain theological competency, more than competency, but you know to be, you know, uh, yeah, of a certain theological level. And and so I think certainly having some pastoral experience as as, as bishop, um, because he again he's going he, he's being the bishop of Rome and he has universal responsibility. Those are I think some of the the qualifications that the cardinals look for. What chance do you think that there will ever be an American pope? I think it's certainly it's not impossible, but while the United States is a superpower, I think it's extremely unlikely that there will be because they just look bad. Does that make sense? You're looking at me, so 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 the listener doesn't know you're just staring at me. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. Duh. Um. <laughs> sorry. Um. Yeah, I understand. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I don't necessarily I, either. I, I, yeah, I think there are some men who would be, I, I think, would be very intriguing popes, but who are Americans. But I don't think it's likely that they would be elected. Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the prophecy of Malachi. Oh yes, I'm glad you brought that up. I had almost forgotten. The prophecy of Malachi. Yes. What about the prophecy? You better of Malachi? explain what the prophecy. So the prophecy of Malachi was apparently, I, I think, a real individual, an Irish bishop who lived in the, um, I think, 12th, maybe 13th, I think 12th century. This is 11, 1200, somewhere in there. Um, and supposedly he he had a vision when he was on pilgrimage in Rome, seeing the the a vision of, of all each of the popes until the end of time. Right. And, 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 and people have looked at this, and so he wrote down or, or transcribed to somebody, and they wrote it down, this vision that he had. And so people have looked at this and, and have mapped it and, and have concluded that it looks, it seems, that, that Benedict is the second to last pope. And the next pope will be is the, the last, last pope. pope. And, and he will be named Peter. And w- would, wouldn't you know it, but one of the, the men who's talked about as, as potential Pope 
is Cardinal Peter Turkson uh, from Africa. I think Ghana, but I'm not sure. One of the African countries. I think countries. it's Ghana, yeah. Um, so people, oh, could this be it? Um, and what is that? <laughs> and what does that mean? That what is that? Yes, that, so that means he's the last pope, and that means, you know, at some point during his papacy, well, while he is pope, the end of the world will happen. Right. So no. now you're going to debunk that. I am going to debunk it. Okay. The prophecy of Malachi was discovered, quote unquote, discovered in about 1595. There was no mention of the prophecy of Malachi for three to four centuries from the time of his life until the end of the 16th century, okay. when it was suddenly discovered. And when you look at it, what, what supposedly Malachi's vision was lines up perfectly with all of the popes from his, the time of his life until 1595. Hmm. <laughs> In other words, it appears that... Somebody in at the end of the 16th century wrote this description of the popes who would come, who would live from the 12th, 13th century up Forward. until that time, mm -hmm. and then on past. But that's all. It it has no. It has no. No, and you know some some people really get into it. And they've 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 pieced it together and have little descriptions. Oh, that fits with John Paul II. Oh, this fits with Benedict. Yeah, but people. I mean, the six. You know. How many different um, tyrants in the 20th century were the Antichrist? Because yeah, you can make their exactly. name or something, some, how add up to 666. Right. Um, Catholics, we, some Catholics, we can do the same thing as uh, the same approach to, you know, assigning um, alleged uh, or apparent Catholic um, visions of the future to current events as well. So, yes, there's nothing to the prophecy of Malachi whatsoever. Not even the angels know, people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yes, so don't, don't, don't be worried. That don't this, be worried. And, and again, though, whenever, but be ready. Be ready today. You could get hit in, in a car, killed in a car accident on the way home from work Absolutely. today. Absolutely. So, we, we, you know, we, we should never get caught up in apocalyptic drama because I, I, don't, I don't, this sounds callous, people die every day. Yeah, that's true. So, that's good. Anything else? Any other questions that you've heard? No, I think that's probably a good okay good place to end my questions here. I think you've answered all of them. All right. So it'll be interesting next couple few weeks. Again, I am curious to see if if Benedict changes law so that the conclave can begin sooner because there won't be the more there won't be a. a a time of mourning so because he hasn't died. Apparently, that law can be changed pretty quick. Then it's not like the United States where it has to go through the house. No, and he decided. This is this is this <laughs> the sort of law. This is this is not a doctrine. It's not an official teaching of the church, which can't be changed. This is a purely ecclesiast ecclesiastical law. It's one um, that the particular document in this case was written by John Paul II, and I think made some changes were made to it by Pope Benedict. Uh, he could make another change to this this. This document, this this law governing. So the, he could just say, "We're meeting tomorrow. Buy your plane tickets. Get out here." No, <laughs> again, though, no, I mean, he would be considerate. So my my presumption is, I, well, I don't know. I might it'd be sure sheer speculation, but perhaps he'll waive. In the case of resignation, maybe he'll shorten the period. Maybe he'll waive it completely. Uh, who knows? But but I'd be surprised if he doesn't do that. We'll we'll find out. In the next or make an weeks. exception. Or yeah, maybe a one time exception. I don't know. 
or if in the case of a resignation. If in the case of resignation or abdication, renunciation, um, the yeah, the, the conclave can be begin, shortened. Begin right away or after five days instead of fifteen or whatever. Interesting. Yep. So we'll see. Um, and then, of course, going to the. And by the way, if you want to, odds makers, uh, the, the people. People calculate odds for everything. There are odds makers calculating the odds on who will be the next pope, what country they'll be from, what name they'll take. Yeah, but I would just caution people, don't let the media tell you who the top five candidates are because the... Listen, this is about money, Renee. Yeah. Betting is about money. These people, but it's in their you're best really going to listen to the media? No, no, no. Odds makers. <laughs> There's, uh, Paddy Power is one website, an Irish uh, bookie. They're and they've Irish. Got... They're Irish. Malachi, Patty Power. <laughs> I think there's something. Yeah, going there's on something there. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's an exciting time in the church. Something that has to happen in 600 years. Um, Good time to pray for all those involved. Pray for Pope Benedict. Pray for the cardinals. Um, pray that they they discern God's will with electing the next successor of Saint Peter. Amen. Amen. So with that, uh, we will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Uh, I forgot to mention at the beginning um, my email address if you have any questions or comments or ideas for future topics. We, we do, as I've mentioned before, have, have some, but we always would love to get more topics from listeners. My email address is cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Renee, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. You did a good job. Thanks. Yeah. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Ignition. God bless.